The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, who revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in, because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this to signify by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Many of us know about angels, but uh, we know very little about angels. We have a few angels kind of show up in the Gospels and other things, uh, some in the Old Testament, and angels are kind of this exciting thing. Now, uh, kind of by common, you know, kind of speak, it, wonderful of life, you know, we think about, you know, an angel gets wings every single time a bell rings, right? Uh, sometimes that's kind of our only understanding of angels, or, or there's this common understanding that humans become angels after they die. Well, that's not true. Um, 
angels are actually a separate creature all in and of themselves. Now, we, we represent them as kind of in human form because that's the way that we understand it, and that's often the way that they appear. We have St. Michael, the archangel, who's presented as a human with wings, right? But that's not actually what angels are. Angels are creatures that are non-bodily. So they're, they don't have a body, um, but they are creatures of God. Now, one of the interesting things about angels is that because they don't have a body, they don't actually learn the way that we do. We learn through our five senses. And so if we touch something that's hot, we learn, oh, that hurts. I'm not going to do that again, right? That's how we learn. That's how we we reason. We, We learn about the world. We learn about ourselves through our five senses. And that's how we continue to grow and change. Angels don't have a body, don't have the five senses. And so they're actually what we call perfect intellect. So they actually have a perfect intellect that what they know is what they know and what they'll always know. Now, what makes this kind of strange in some ways, it's very different from humans, is that when angels make a choice, they can't change their choice because they don't have any new sense information to change their choice. When they make their choice, they have perfect intellect, and they made their choice that they made. Now, this, unfortunately, created at the very beginning when Satan, in his pride, revolted against God, caused a third of the angels to revolt along with them. And we would call those angels demons, right? Um, And they can't change their choice. As much as they know, as much as Satan knows and the demons know that they chose the worst part, that actually they chose wrong, even though that they know that, they still can't change their choice because the choice that they've made is their choice. Um, It's an interesting thing that, that changes us, that makes us different than angels. Now, how does that make it? Why, why do I tell you about that? Well, I just want to share about how different we are. Because as humans, when we make a choice, we can repent and change our choice. Right? Now, we can't change the past, but if the same situation approaches itself, we can change what we do. Whereas angels don't. Because again, they're not learning anything. And so for ourselves as humans, it's very important for us in our humanity to actually grow and learn and change. Because that is actually one of the amazing things about humans that we have a gift here on earth is to grow and change and learn. And if we don't, we waste a huge amount of the great gift that God has given us here on earth. Now, why do I talk about this again? Well, I think sometimes in faith or belief, we have this idea that we just have it or we don't. We either believe or we don't. But I want to be very clear, faith and belief in God, our trust of God is something that grows or diminishes each day depending on what we learn, what we take in, and what choices we make, right? That we actually have an influence over our belief in God. That we actually choose 
to believe or choose not to believe by the actions that we take. And in some ways, we can actually also check where we're at right now to be able to say, do I believe? How do we test whether we know that we believe? Well, we can say it, right? We can think it. But as human beings, one of the things that we have is the action ourselves. The action of what we do will demonstrate what our beliefs are, right? Somebody might be willing to say, I'd jump on a grenade for you, right? I'd I'd take a bullet for you. But until they're actually in that circumstance, it might not actually mean anything, right? I'd be willing to, you know, do something. Well, when the rubber really meets the road, what actually happens? That actually demonstrates whether what you said or thought you believed is what you actually believe. And so as we kind of test our faith and belief, we can look at our life and be able to say, do I really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do I really believe that he rose from the dead? Do I really believe that he established the church and that he gives us the sacraments? Most especially the sacrament of the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. You know, it's an amazing gift that we have, but do we really believe? Because our actions, again, our actions aren't our entire being, right? But our actions do help or hinder, and they also check whether we're just lying to ourselves. Because human beings, one of the other amazing things is that we're really good at lying about ourselves, right? We're really good at justifying maybe what we think. But again, our actions demonstrate what we really do believe, what we really hold, and what's really true for ourselves and what kind of actions we choose. And so I think it's really important, and God gives us the sacraments partly because we need to continue to grow. Now, how do human beings grow? Well, we actually grow by repetitive actions. As much as human beings hate repetitive actions, we love it at the same exact time. We hate it and we love it, as with many things in our life. We hate it and we love it. We, uh, we, there are certain things that we do all the time and we continue to love and there are other things that we don't. So I think it's why I, I say all this is from the scripture today, Jesus does something for Peter to help him grow in his faith. He asks him, not just once do you love me, but he asks him three times. Now, that might seem a little bit repetitive and just kind of say, well, why is Jesus doing that? And Peter himself is kind of a little bit tired by the third time, kind of saying like, hey, what's going on? I already told you that I loved you. Like, why do you need to keep on asking? But Jesus isn't doing it for himself, right? He's not saying, well, I really need to be affirmed right now. Jesus, I, Peter, I just, I need you to like really help me out because I'm doubting, you know, whether you love me or not. Like, Peter says it. Peter, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And that's exactly right. Jesus does know Peter's heart. And so why does he ask him three times? He asks him three times because Peter needs to affirm his love three times. Why? What happened a little bit earlier? Well, Peter said that he had faith, you know, that could move mountains. He was ready to die for Jesus. At the Last Supper, when Jesus said that he would be handed over, Peter said, you know what, Lord? Everyone else might run, but I'll die for you. 
And then, when the rubber met the road, when, he, when Jesus was betrayed and taken off, Peter ran away. He found out that even though that he had a heart of courage, even though that he thought that he loved him and was willing to weigh down his life, he found out that he, he wasn't. His faith in Jesus maybe wasn't as strong as he thought. Maybe he didn't really believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And in fact, he goes out and not only run away, but then deny three times that he even knows him. Wow. Talk about a gut punch, right? Talk about kind of uh, overturning everything that he's turned his life over to. And we ourselves, sometimes in our sin, sometimes in our choices, experience the same thing, right? We come here and we say, Jesus, I love you, right? You are God. And then we go and we act as though we didn't even know him, right? Oh, who's Jesus? I, I don't know him. By our very actions. And so what's the antidote to that? Well, it's to learn and to grow. To not be like angels being stuck in our choices, but continue to learn and change. It's one of the greatest gifts of the sacrament of reconciliation, to admit our mistakes, to admit, admit it, and to then be able to receive mercy and grace to turn and go and sin no more. It's one of the greatest gifts of Mass, even though that it's repetitive. Every single time that we come to Mass, Jesus is asking us, do you love me? And we can either say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, and here I am giving my time for you. Do you believe that the Eucharist is real? Yes, Lord, I believe that you have given us this gift of the Eucharist, your body, blood, soul, and divinity, to be in communion with you, because I come here, because I fast an hour before coming, because I make my obligation for Sunday Mass the, the thing that my entire week revolves around. That's how we know that what we believe is actually what we believe. By checking our actions and by growing, by admitting our mistakes and by growing some more. And so every single time that we have at this time, at times we get distressed by Jesus or maybe distressed by our faith of saying, Lord, how many times do I need to say that I love you, right? As Jesus continues to ask us, do you love me? And you say, yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Well, then come. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And we need, not God, we need that constant growth, that constant reaffirmation that Peter was able to do on the shore today to continue to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I believe in you. Yes, this great gift that you've given us is what you say. And I believe that you rose from the dead and that you conquered sin and death and that you are here with me today. Let us be with Peter today. Let us be at times uh, with, his, with his, his, his beautiful heart that that goes out and says crazy things. Peter is one of the greatest characters because he, he's all over the place. He's, 
He's the one who, you know, the first pope, the one who Jesus chose in a special way, but he's also the one who messes up the most as well. But we know that Peter continued to receive God's grace, and even though when Jesus was betrayed and handed over, he denied him. We know that later in his life, after reaffirming his love for Jesus Christ by tending to the sheep, caring for them, by laying down his life in all the small ways of service, and of love of neighbor and love of God, that at the end of his life, he was willing to stretch forth his hands and to be crucified on Vatican Hill. And that he would be buried there and that the church literally and figuratively would be built on his very rock. Because Peter continued to affirm and grow and learn just as all of us have the opportunity to do as well.